today it's, it's a challenge. Maybe it's an invitation. Maybe it's just an awareness. Maybe it's seeing things a little bit differently than we've seen them before. But Lord, we're asking, God, that you would bring us and draw us closer to yourself. Help us see it. Help us understand it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome. We're kicking off a series today. Uh, Going to be talking for several weeks here about uh, a series called Not a Fan. And, and here's kind of how it goes. I'm not a fan of Jesus. You're like, whoa, what? I'm not a fan of Jesus. I'm a follower. I'm completely committed as a follower of Christ. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take these next few weeks and we're going to explore that. We're going to look at that and try to figure out in, in the life of Jesus What's it mean to be a follower versus a fan? Because Jesus never looked for and wasn't looking for and still isn't looking for fans. He's looking for followers. And so we're going we're gonna to kind of unpack that and, and look at what the difference is between a fan and a follower. Now, a lot of it comes out of a book. And maybe you've seen this book out there. It's called Not a Fan. It's a, actually a, a church in the south put it together and did this whole series. And, and I gave it away to several of the different leaders uh, this several months back and I thought you know man this is so good we need to talk about this and then we found out that there's actually materials that go along with the book and with the idea of not a fan to do life groups so if you haven't plugged into a life group for the summer which is only six weeks by the way twice in June twice in July and twice in August we're going to be talking about this very topic that we're unpacking today which is this idea, am I a fan or am I a follower? And so we're going to start going after that. Now, what is a fan? What is a fan? A fan is an enthusiastic admirer. That's what a fan is. I mean, I, I admire something, and, and usually we think of a fan in sports. I mean, you can be a fan of a TV show. You can be a, a, a fan of some activity that happens. You know, you, maybe it's the, the, we went down a couple weeks ago to the market thing downtown. Maybe you're a fan of tomatoes on tables at downtown. That's your fan thing. You know, I don't know. But you can be a fan of all kinds of stuff. Uh, but most of the times it's, it's sports, you know, the crazy fan idea. I, 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 we pulled up a few pictures. Let me see if this is you. Yeah. Cheesehead, you know, Browns. You know, let's see what else we got going here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ch- Chargers. The, that's me, actually. You can't tell because I got all the paint on there, but that's me. Uh, yeah, yeah, Brent. That's Brent. <laughs> You know, the idea of the crazy fan thing going on, where, you know, the, and that's usually what we think of, you know, the, the, the sports fans, and, you know, we cheer on the team, and we wear the jerseys, we have the flags, we have the bumper stickers, all in support of the team. That's kind of what we typically think of when we think of a fan. I mean, there's not necessarily a real connection, if you will. I mean, there's a connection in a sense that I feel connected, but I'm not really connected. And so there's a distance, if you will. And, and there's a couple concerns. Obviously, the one I just mentioned, a fan can feel like they're part of the team but not really be on the team. That's a concern. I mean, you can, you can feel like you're part of something but not really be part of something. I mean, you can feel like you're part of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, but you don't really play or participate in the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I mean, there's a, there's a different difference of connection there. And, it, and then when you apply it to church, it, it, it's pretty dangerous as well. I mean, there's a concern there, and it kind of goes like this, is that we have the potential, if you will, to very easily become a whole room full of fans. 
I mean, that's easy. I mean, it's easy to do in our culture because we're already built into it. Matter of fact, it's even harder here, I think, for us as a church because we meet in a theater. And so when we meet in a theater, it's easy to come and want to watch the show, right? And, and just kind of sit back and enjoy it. And, and it kind of goes something like this if we come to church and this idea of possibly being a fan of Jesus or <clears throat> a stadium full of fa- uh, fans. Excuse me. <clears throat> we come together once a week. We sit in our seats, maybe sit in the same seat, you know. It, you know, I was just thinking, if you sit in the same seat every week, next week, change it up. Sit in a different seat. Just go crazy. Just do something radical, okay? You're like, no way, I'm not doing that. Any, anyway, I'm just throwing out an idea, just for fun, all right? Uh, we sit in the same seat. You open your hand out, so you applaud. You laugh. You wonder what the guy's talking about. You know, what are they doing, right? We get in our cars. We evaluate the, the, the performance, you know, while the, the music was great, while the music was bad, while the message was great, the message was bad, and we kind of evaluate it, and then, and then we kind of go to the like page, we give the thumbs up or the thumb you know, down or whatever, and then hopefully we come back and we do it again. And it's easy for us to slip into that kind of mentality, isn't it? It's easy for us to slip into this whole, I'm just a fan. I'm just an enthusiastic admirer. I kind of like what's going on, but I'm not really in what's going on. I'm just kind of there, right? I mean, and that's really easy to do. And there's a big problem. The big problem simply is this. Jesus never cared about having fans. Matter of fact, most of the time, Jesus pushed fans away. Matter of fact, most of the times when Jesus come and, and he could realize or recognize that there were fans in the crowd, he would challenge them to whether or not they're going to be a fan or they're going to be a follower. He would call them on the carpet. He would, he would draw a line in the sand. He would get in their face. He would, he would say, hey, what do you, what? and they would start talking about this. That's a problem. Jesus never cared about fans. He wasn't looking for admirers. Now, this whole series we're going to be using uh, and looking at and referring back to this one verse that's in Luke chapter 9. And it's Luke 9.23, it says this, Jesus speaking, If anyone, anyone, that's all of us, if anyone would come after me, speaking of Jesus, he must deny himself. And in other words, there's, there's, a, there's an attitude of the heart. There's a, there's, a, there's a posture. There's a way that this is going to happen. It's not just, I, I agree, it's, it's something more than that. He must deny himself, take up his cross daily. So there's an action here, there's, there's, a, there's a lifestyle, there's a commitment, there's something that's more than just, yeah, I like Jesus, yeah, I go to church, there's more than that, and then he goes on and he says, and follow me. So, so he's really, what he's doing, he's laying out on the table this whole idea of what it means to be a follower of Christ, and so we're going to continue, we'll, we'll pull this verse backwards, forwards, and try to figure out if we can understand what he's talking about. And really what's going on here today is we all need to define the relationship. DTR, define the relationship. And actually, there's a little clip here. Check this out. Maybe it'll help us understand what, what we're talking about when we say define the relationship. DTR. Some of you will recognize what those letters stand for. If you're not sure, let me help you out. If you are a young man in a relationship with a young woman, then uh, chances are these letters are enough to strike fear into your heart. You may run away from, postpone, you may dread the DTR talk. 
Some young men will even terminate a relationship if they feel like the DTR talk is imminent. It is that official talk that takes place in every romantic relationship. Do you know what it stands for, DTR? Define the relationship. You sit down and you decide where things are going. Have things moved from casual to committed? I remember this uh, date I went on in high school. On the very first date, the girl tried to have the DTR talk with me. First date, DTR. I got out of their PDQ. I just ran away. DTR, define the relationship. And so what we're going to do uh, over the next several weeks is we're going to define the relationship. We're going we're to try to figure out what that is. When Jesus talks about being a follower, what does it mean to be a follower? What, what, what is it, how, do, how do we define that? You know, and really what that means is we need to have the moment when we examine our relationship with Jesus. And maybe you do that on a regular basis. Maybe that's you already. You're already here, and you've already defined the relationship, and that's just who you are, and you get it. So, so to you, you're like, okay. And maybe as we talk through some of these things, it strengthens the relationship that you already have, and that's a really cool thing. Or, or maybe you're, you're here today, and, and it's kind of like a first date. You know, you're, you're just here, and you're not really sure, you know, you're, you're just kind of checking it out. And maybe this is your very first time to church, and I just want to let you know, that's okay, because you're doing the same thing. You're trying to understand, what's the relationship here? What's going on here? And so hopefully, that's where you're at, maybe, and, and, and that's cool. Or, or maybe it's time that you define the relationship. Maybe it's time. Maybe you've been kind of entertaining this idea of being a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've been looking at it from a distance. Maybe you've been thinking about, well, I kind of like this idea of Jesus. I kind of like this idea of of Christ doing something in my life. And and I want to go deeper. I want to go further. I want to go, I want to figure this out. I want more in this whole idea of what's going on here. So so for you, it's, it's time to have that talk. It's time to go past casual to committed. It's time to go past being an admirer to being devoted. So here's, here's a couple possible reactions that we might have when we talk about the DTR talk. You know, and he mentioned a couple of them in there. You know, the first one is, is the moment someone starts to talk DTR, define the relationship, you go into fight or flight mode. <laughs> it's like, uh-uh, I'm not playing that game, you know. I'm not, you know, hands go up, you're ready. It's a boxing match. It's like boom, boom. Don't don't try to corner me. Don't try to make me. Do. Or it's like you're like busting. You're bolting. You're like out of there. You're running. I don't want to be a part of that. Kind of like what he said in the video. As soon as somebody starts pushing the fact or pushing the envelope, define. Let's define the relationship. Where are we at in this? Like I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And so that's a possible reaction. Another reaction, and I think this is a big category of people. It's the really group. It's the really, I mean, can't we just leave it alone? I mean, can't we just leave well enough alone? I mean, do we really need to have this talk? I mean, do we really need to talk about how our relationship in, in relationship to Christ is? Do we really need to have that conversation? You know, and, and, and so that one, it's, it's we're satisfied with the casual setup. We're satisfied with the casual. Now, now I just, I just want to say something just personally. This is, I'm noticing something in... American Christianity, that this defines a lot of our Christianity in America. We're just casual. It's kind of like Jesus and. 
It's just Jesus and, and all the other stuff that's in my life. It's, and, it, and it's kind of a scary combination because it's, it, it's not really Christian and it's not really, you know, other. I mean, it's just kind of a tweener kind of thing. It's casual. But, but a lot of times when we bring up this idea of the, define the relationship, we kind of get that really kind of thing because we're satisfied with the casual. We, we really enjoy the no real expectation relationship that we have with Jesus. And it kind of sounds something like this. Yeah, Jesus is cool. He's my homie. Maybe that's what you say. Jesus is cool. He, he, he's a nice guy. I, I like to go to church. I, I kind of enjoy it sometimes. It gives me something to do on the weekend. But the idea of being more committed actually creates a little anxiety in me. It actually makes me feel a little uncomfortable, and I'd rather we just not talk about that. I mean, really? <laughs> Can we just leave it alone? And that's a typical response, and I think there's this danger in that area because a lot of us come today and we're saying, yeah, 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 but when we ask, hey, let's define the relationship, it's like, well, can we talk about something else? And so it becomes a real touchy kind of situation. Or, and I think many of us are here today because, and I'm assuming something. Here's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming you're here today because there's some degree of interest in what we're talking about. Is that safe? Yeah, sure, okay. All two of you that said that, let's go for it, all right? I, but I just assume that you're here today because there's something in you that's saying, I know that God and this whole idea of Christianity and Jesus, there's something to this and I need to explore it. You're, you know that, so I'm assuming that. But I also assume, or I mean, I also believe that many of us are welcoming this DTR talk because we're ready. We're ready to move to, the, to a new level with our commitment. We're ready to move to a different level with our commitment. I mean, we're, we're kind of like, you know what, yeah, I, I get this. I, I want that. I don't want to just stay in the same place I've always been. I want to transition from this casual idea to this committed idea. I don't want to be a fan. I want to be a follower. And, and, and that's alive in us, and that's probably part of the reason why you're here today. So what I want to do is just for the next few minutes, I want to ask three huge questions. Three huge questions that hopefully help us understand this, all right? The first one is this. Why am I here? Why am I here? I mean, why are you here today? I mean, is it because you love the coffee? And by the way, I am digging the German chocolate coffee today. That's good stuff. German chocolate people out there, come on, give me a... Yeah. All right, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I don't usually like flavored foo-foo coffee like that, but, you know, hey, it's good stuff. I mean, maybe that's why. Is that why you're here? Are you, are you here for the cookies? You're here for the cup holders? We always joke and say we love the cup holders because we meet in the theater. I mean, it's kind of funny. Or maybe you're here, especially those of you that sit in the front rows, because you love the reclining seats. I've seen one bouncing over there. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and just bounce them all in the front. Come on, just bounce them. Yeah, bounce, bounce. Let's do a wave, 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 wave. <laughs> yeah, sorry back there. Bummer. <laughs> By the way, the best seats are up here. I mean, I mean, why are you here? You know, because that's the question. Why am I here? Because that's a big thing when it comes to understanding a fan and, 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 and getting a hold of that. Again, Jesus often, what he would do is he would draw a line in the sand and he would ask the crowd, he would ask the people that he was with, why are you here? Or he would challenge why they were there. He would kind of get a little in their face. He'd kind of, kind of push the envelope a little bit. He wanted, he'd lay it on the table and say, let's define the relationship. And a lot of times, people would leave. 
People say, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Matter of fact, in John chapter 6, Jesus has, has been going in ministry for a while now. And, and he's kind of becoming a rock star. I mean, Jesus is the rock star. You know, he's, he's performed some miracles. You know, he, he's, he's done the water to wine thing. He's healed a couple people. Matter of fact, in John chapter 6, you find this story of when he feeds thousands of people with a few loaves of bread and a few fish. I mean, we're talking, this guy has got it going on. And he's popular. He's popular, and, and people want to get around him. He's healing people. He's restoring lives. He's, he's feeding people. I mean, things are happening, and, and everybody's kind of clamoring to see what he's going to do next. And that's what's going on in John chapter 6. I mean, Jesus, is, he's got this huge crowd of people, and you think Jesus would be, yeah, man, look at the crowd of God, look at the crowd of God. But Jesus challenges the definition. I mean, he, he, he kind of walks through this whole thing. So if you find in John chapter 6, I, I encourage you to go read the whole chapter because the whole chapter is about defining the relationship. The whole chapter is about a crowd of people that are following Jesus because they're fans, not necessarily followers, and Jesus kind of lays it on the line, and a lot of them leave. A lot of them bail. A lot of them say, I'm out of here. And so why am I here? In John chapter 6, verse 2, it says this, a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went. I mean, they just want to see what he's going to do. They just want to see what's going on. He went wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. In other words, they, they were watching the show, which is, I think, your next fill in the blank. The fan is interested in the show. The fan wasn't really interested in what the message was. The fan was interested in what's the next miracle, what's the, what's the next thing that's going to happen. I mean, what, man, can you believe this? But they'd missed something. And so the fan was interested in the show, not in the message. And it kind of goes back to the question for you and I today, why are you here? Why are you here? What's the point of you being here today? That's kind of a scary place for a pastor because maybe next week there won't be anybody here. <laughs> Everybody goes, I don't know. I said, well, I'm out of here. <laughs> Why are you here? What's your because? What's, what's your because? I, again, is it coffee, the cookies, the, the music? I mean, what's, what's your because? I mean, those are all cool. It's all good. I mean, see, Jesus challenges the fans to move beyond the show to something more. If you jump down a few more verses, verse 26, it says, Jesus replied to them. They're having this discussion. It was after the feeding of, of the, all those people. I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. you you're kind of here on selfish reasons. You're kind of here just to see what you can get out of it. You're just, you're just kind of here as a fan. You know, and see if you can be entertained or, or, or be, you know, get something for yourself. And so he says, I tell you the truth, you want to be here with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. In other words, you're not getting what I'm doing here. I mean, you're here, yeah, man, it's awesome. You're the crowd, you're, you're following, you're excited about what I'm doing, but you're not getting what I'm doing. They're missing it. Because the fan and the follower thing was getting confused. And see, Jesus was saying to them, you are here because you are a fan of what I can do for you today. Right now, this temporary, I want it now. 
And really what was going on, though, is the true miracle was who I am, meaning Jesus. Hey, you, it's, it's really about me. It's not about the miracle. It's not about the food. It's not about the bread. It's about me pointing at himself and what I am establishing for you in eternity. And so it goes on in verse 51. It says, I, Jesus speaking again, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. I mean, I, I stepped into humanity to provide you living bread, something bigger than the miracles, something bigger than the feeding the 5,000, something bigger than that. I mean, this is bigger. He said, I'm the bread, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread, and this is where the, he, he starts losing people. Anyone who eats this bread, they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, dude, are you talking about eating yourself or us eating you? Because this is weird. All of a sudden, it gets kind of, and he goes, anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread, which I will offer so the world may, may live, is my flesh. I'm like, dude, um, I was with you for a while. I really like the miracles. I really like this. But now you're wanting me to eat your flesh? I'm out of here. <laughs> That's weird. But really what he was doing, he was challenging people to move from being a fan to being a follower. Moving from being a person that's just interested in the show to being a person that, and here's your next fill, fill in the blank, a follower that participates in the relationship. Matter of fact, a few verses down after that in John chapter 6, verse 66, it says this, At this point, many of his disciples turned away, and what's it say? And deserted him. I mean, all of a sudden, they got to the point where the, the line was drawn in the sand, and Jesus was saying, are you a fan or are you a follower? Because uh, if, if you're a follower, you're going you're gonna to participate in the relationship with me. Not the miracles, not the show, not the food, not, not any of that stuff with me. And they're like, nah, we don't want to do that. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I was just an enthusiastic admirer. Thanks, though. Cool. Catch you later. And they kind of bow out. They just, they just check out. And see, Jesus didn't come to do miracles for a show. He came to build relationships with his creation. And see, the whole point today of this, this series and this message, that Jesus isn't here just so we can have this cool idea of Jesus in our lives. But Jesus came so that you and I could have this really cool living relationship with him. And see, they missed that. They missed that idea. Somehow it escaped them because they were fans. The second important question is this. So the first one is, why am I here? Second important question is, am I all in? Am I all in? Now, I, I, I want to confess something. I, I kind of enjoy playing a little Texas Hold'em. I don't gamble. I just play for fun, you know, in, in, unless it's for missions. <laughs> I don't do that either. Actually, once I did, yeah. Or if it's with my brother, because I, I love the idea of taking everything that my brother has in a game of Texas Hold'em. But, but every, every year at Christmas time, uh, we go to my, my parents' house and all the kids, and we, it, it's like clockwork. We, you know, we pull out all the chips, man. They get, you know, it's all these chips, man. We got chips. We stack them and all these things. And, and, and sure enough, you know, everybody starts playing, and there comes a point for every player that you go all in. You, you make this commitment, this hand is the all-in hand. Either I win or I'm out. Either, I, either it happens or it doesn't happen. And I push everything in that I've got 
into the table, into the middle of the table. I'm committed completely. Whatever happens, it's based on this hand. And see, sometimes that's what we got to do. we got to realize that if I'm going to transition from this fan to follower, I've got to be willing to push all the chips in the middle and say, on this hand, the hand that Jesus wants me to have, on this hand that he, he came and he's giving me something that's life-giving, on that hand, I'm pushing it all in. It's more than a show. It's more than all these things. It's all in. See, now, here's the problem. A fan prefers to be selective, though, in the commitment. See, a fan doesn't want to go all in. A fan wants to select commitment at the times and places that it feels more convenient. A fan prefers selective commitment, and a fan will bucket the idea of absolute surrender. You start talking to a fan about absolute surrender, they'll do exactly what they did with Jesus and say, I'm out of here. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm out of here. And really what happens, simply put, is we try to customize Christianity. We try to build this, this one-of-a-kind relationship with Jesus. I have a one-of-a-kind relationship with Jesus. That's a lie. There's not a one-of-a-kind relationship with Jesus. Jesus is already defining the relationship. So this one-of-a-kind, this customized Christianity, and here's the problem with it. It has a lot of big butts in it. Caught your attention there, didn't I? Somebody goes, is he talking about me? No, no. <laughs> Just in my notes, big butts, B-U-T, not T-T. All right? So it goes something like this. I follow Jesus. Yeah, I follow Jesus. But I pick and choose the areas that are comfortable to me and the areas that I agree with. I, I follow Jesus, but don't be asking me to forgive that person that hurt me because I'm holding on to my, my bitterness and waiting for my opportunity for revenge. Come on. I'll follow Jesus, but don't talk to me about money. I worked hard for that money. It's mine. I'll follow Jesus, but don't tell me to wait for sex until marriage. It's my body, and I'll do what I want. I want a butts in it. Because it's selective. And see, Jesus is saying to us today that the difference between a fan and a follower is all in, not selective. Because here's really the truth. According to Jesus' definition, and I hope you still like me after this, is you're not a follower, you're a fan. According to Jesus' definition today, if that's you and you got all these butts, you're just a fan. And here's, the, here's let, me, let me throw this out there. God loves fans. He really does. None, none of the people that ever drove the line in the sand that he didn't love. He loved them. But he wanted for them to be in a loving relationship with him more than anything else. So he was willing to draw the line. He was willing to say, hey, there's so much more to this whole idea that you need and, and I'm providing for you that I want you to experience this. But, no pun intended, you have to understand how this thing's working. You can't be selective about it. See, there's no option B with following Jesus. There's no bargaining. There's no bartering. There's no buts. It's all in. I'm pushing them all in. And so then we get to the next fill in the blank there. A follower of Jesus is completely committed. A follower of Jesus will do whatever, go wherever, and do it all whenever Jesus wants. That's, that's what he's talking about. So, so really what that means is no limits, absolute loyalty. He is the Lord of some of my life. No. <laughs> he's the Lord of the entire area of my life. 
every area. Now, let me just kind of step aside from my notes for a second here. Can I just talk to you as a, as a person that cares about your spiritual growth and your development as a Christian and that God's plan for you is a creation of his? Is that we, and I, I'm collectively talking to us, we tend to compartmentalize our spiritual walk with God. We tend to make him Lord of one area, but we don't give him even access to this area. We tend to say, God, I, you're, you're the Lord of my life and my family. You're the Lord of my family. But you're not the Lord of my money, it's mine. You're the Lord of, you're the Lord of my life on Sunday mornings from 1025 to 1140. You're the Lord of my life. But you're not the Lord of my life on Friday night. And we compartmentalize it. See, that's not a follower, that's a fan. That's not somebody that can say, yeah, I'm a follower of Christ, because all of a sudden right there, really what you've done is you've put butts in there, and there's no commitment, completely, absolute loyalty. It isn't lordship, it's kind of. And see, I, I'm just throwing out this, and I'm not doing this to, to condemn us, I'm just doing it to maybe open up the lights a little, open up the shades a little bit, and shine some light on this, and say, hey, this is what's happening. God, help us. God, help us to understand, because here's the deal. God isn't looking for a crowd, and a church that's great isn't a crowd. A church that's great is full of followers. And see, God isn't looking for you just to have the right answers at the right times and know the right words, and you, you got the right stories, and you know the songs, and you know all these things, and you go through all these motions. God isn't into any of that kind of stuff. What he's into is that you're committed to him with everything that you are. Lord, it's yours. Lord, it's yours. Lord, it's yours. Next one. So that's first question is, why am I here? Second question, am I all in? And the third one is, have I made it my own? Have I made it my own? See, a lot of times what happens is we confuse the idea of coming to church as being the same as having a relationship with Christ. We, we kind of mis, mistakenly think that those things are the same thing. Going to church and having a relationship with Christ are not the same thing. It, it's kind of like if you go to court and all of a sudden you think you're a lawyer. Right? Or you go to McDonald's and you think all of a sudden because I'm at McDonald's, I'm a milkshake. Right? I mean, just, you know, think about it for just a second. It doesn't work like that, all right? Okay? It's not geography. <laughs> It's heart, okay? And so this whole idea of, of making it my own, there's a huge problem. Here's the problem. Is a fan typically tries to appease someone else. A fan typically tries to appease someone else, and, and really it kind of goes like this, is that many of us, and I'm just assuming here, many of us in this room, you maybe as a kid, you went to church and you didn't have an option because mom told you to go. Dad made you. <laughs> Some of you are here today not because you want to be here today is because your spouse wants you to be here. And you're just trying to be nice. <laughs> Some of you are here because the girlfriend thinks it's really cool if you come with her to church. Or the boyfriend. Or grandma wants you to be here. I mean, who, whatever. It's just somebody thinks it's good and so you're trying to appease that desire to meet that and because they like it when you're here and so you came or you come because you're trying to appease or someone satisfy someone else's desire and it's not necessarily your desire 
Now, let me just make sure I make this plain and clear. That's a great starting point. A lot of people actually find a relationship with Christ because they came to appease somebody else and God actually meets them. It, so it's not completely bad. But, but a lot of times that's why we're here. And so what happens then is this, is we come because we're trying to appease, and maybe it started when you were a kid and you did it because your parents wanted to, or maybe you came because your spouse wanted you to, and you're just kind of going through the motions now, and it's becoming more than just appeasing, now it's becoming a habit. And when a habit becomes this habitual thing where you're constantly in the crowd where Jesus could maybe do something in your life and you're just going through the routine but you're still always a fan and never a follower, you are in a very, very, very dangerous place. And here's why. It's because you are risking numbness. You are risking numbness. Because here's what happens. You know the songs. You know the stories. You know where to stand. You know when to sit. You know when to go through all those things. But it never gets past here. Because you're just here to appease them. You're just here out of a habit. You're just here to try to make somebody else happy. And it has nothing to do with you personally. It's out here. And so I'm trying to appease something. And so what happens then is I become numb to the moment. And God might be going, hey, you. Hey. You're like, did you guys hear something? Hey, you. <laughs> Is this thing over yet? <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> and you can't hear because you've gotten so used to the routine that you miss the very voice of God calling you to something more. That's a dangerous place. And here's why it's a dangerous place. You can do that literally your entire life. It's quiet in here. You can literally do that your entire life. You can do your entire spiritual journey just to appease somebody that became a habit, and now it's routine, and that's all it is. That's a fan, not a follower. Last point, and the, as the worship team gets ready to come on up. By the way, don't stop. Just because you're here, because of that reason, don't stop. Keep coming. God's, God's not done. A follower makes faith personal. A follower makes faith personal. Make it your own. Jesus isn't looking for a relationship between you and your mom and him, or a relationship between you and your wife and him, or your girlfriend and him. I mean, he's looking for a relationship with you. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's looking for. So if you're here and you thought, well, I'm here because of so-and-so, uh, Jesus is looking at it totally different. He's looking at it because he's looking at you. He's wanting something with you. Not them. You. Something very different. There's a verse in, in Matthew, and I, I hesitated to close with it, but I felt like it was so on spot with what we're talking about that I... I think we need to look at it. It's Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaking to a crowd on the Sermon of the Mount. Talking to a crowd, drawing a line in the sand. Talking about defining the relationship. And, and it kind of, it goes something like this, or actually goes like this. Jesus speaking, he says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. What? Not everybody that calls Lord, Lord, I mean, come on. It's kind of like you say, not everybody who goes to church is going to come to heaven. 
Not everybody that's just an enthusiastic admirer is going to come to heaven. That's, that's not going to happen. That's what he's saying. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Really what he's talking about, those that say it. They say the right things. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Big difference between that, isn't there? We say, Lord, Lord, but we don't do Lord, Lord. Ouch. He's talking about fan and follower. He's talking about what's the difference here? What's, what's, the, what's the difference? Only those who actually, and really here, here, and then it goes on. It says, on judgment day, you know, all of us eventually we're going to stand before God. We're going to have to give an account for our lives. Every one of us, not one of us in this room is going to say, ah, not me. Now, every one of us is going to stand before God and give an account for our lives. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and check this out, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and performed many miracles in your name. It's kind of like they went through the, the list of all the spiritual performances that they'd done over the course of their lifetime. They just said, look what we've done. Surely, that means something. He's like, hmm. He goes on, he says, but I will reply, Jesus, I never knew you. Ouch. I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Totally missed it. Totally missed it. And here's the three points that come out of this. These, in each verse is, is another point. First one is this. To be a follower of Christ and to find the relationship, my beliefs and my behavior must match. My beliefs and my behavior match. In other words, does my talk match my walk? See, a lot of people call Jesus Lord, but don't actually do the will of the Lord. So, so they say it, but they don't live it. It's, it's kind of like more like they think it's all about what you say. If I just say the right things, if I just feel the right things, I've got good intentions. It's kind of like somebody that says, man, I believe that every day you should be working out and eating healthy. I believe that. But then breakfast, you see them at McDonald's. Lunch, you see them at Burger King. And supper, I don't know, Krispy Kreme. <laughs> like what? That doesn't make any sense. Because why? The, the, the beliefs don't match the behavior. And so you're like, oh, that, 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 he's not really a follower of those beliefs. He says it, but there's nothing there. So, next one is this, is my confidence. I mean, listen to what they said in that verse. They said, Lord, Lord, we prophesied. I mean, we got confidence. We did some stuff. See, my confidence, though, if I'm a follower, is in the work of Christ, not in myself or in my own works. See, a lot of times we can think that somehow we're going to song and dance our way into heaven. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's nothing you and I can do that's good enough to ever warrant God going, you know what, you did such a good job there. Forget Jesus, you're in because you're so good. Never going to happen. Never, ever going to happen. And so my confidence as a follower is in the work of Christ, not myself. Now, I might do things as a result of that relationship with Christ that are works, but that's because of a byproduct of my relationship, not because I think that's what gives me favor. So, last one. 
is my relationship with Jesus is sure. My relationship with Jesus is sure. And here's what that means. Because I know him and he knows me. I know him and he knows me. I know him and he knows me. I was thinking about it this way. Imagine Jesus just happened to show up at Southridge at Theater 8, June 2nd, June 3rd. Just happened to show up right now. Walks in the door. I'm looking over, I'm going, dude, who's the guy wearing a robe? Comes in, he sits down beside you. You look over him and go, hey, Jesus. <laughs> What's he say? Does he say your name? Or does he say, ah, who are you? <laughs> What's he say? Because, see, a follower is sure. A follower knows. It's not a question. It's not kind of, I hope so. I know. I know him, and he knows me. True followers are those who have a personal relationship with him. It's personal. It's not a fan watching from a stadium. It's personal. I'm engaged. I'm participating in this. Jesus knows me. I know him. He sits down beside me. Man, I tell you what's going to happen when he sits down beside me. Man, I'm going to jump up. I'll start yelling, my king, my king, my king. Hey, woo! Yeah, that's what I'm doing. You guys are, what? Because, man, I know my king. Man, that's, I know what he's done for me. I know what he's done for me. So heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're here today. And you realize in this opening message to this series that you've been operating more like a fan than a follower. You've been an enthusiastic admirer, and, and right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and saying you need to transition from being a fan to a follower. You need to participate in the relationship. You need to say, Lord, forgive me for what I've done with it up to this point, and please come into my life in a way that makes it personal. That's what I need more than anything else. If that's you, would you just wave your hand at me? That's you. You know it. You know it. Today, you've been a fan. It's time to become a follower. Yeah, amen. Lord, I pray for every hand that was raised. I pray for every person that, that signified and said, God, it's me. I've been, I've been being the fan, the admirer, and I haven't been giving my life to you all in. So, Lord, right now, I say, God, would you forgive me? Would you heal me of my brokenness, God, and my desperateness for you, God? And would you begin to restore life like never before? Make it personal, God. I, I need you, God. I need a relationship with you, Jesus. Not church, not, not religion, not performance, not anything that you can do for me other than you died for me. Lord, I need it. So, Lord, I'm accepting and I'm asking for it. I'm saying, Lord, would you come into my life? And change me. In Jesus' name.